Hello again, guys. Welcome back. It is Friday. Cliff and Chandra here in the Not Gospel Studios Red Room. Today we are talking about pop culture, entertainment, race baiting, and uh, the things that make us watch the movies we like and the things that not make us watch them. Uh, Particularly Tenet, the new Little Mermaid trailer dropped. They race swapped. Going to talk about it. Can you Uh, save it? (laughs) I think we can race swap and talk about it. I think it's okay. If cartoons have races. Oh. Who knows? We're going to find out. This is not gospel. I watched Tenet the other day. I what had year not, did it come out? Uh, shoot. Two years ago. Uh, so I remember not watching Tenet because of the uh, propaganda surrounding the way the movie was promoted. Mm-hmm. The first teaser I ever saw for the movie was like... Uh, it's time for a new hero and it like a new protagonist is what it said and it showed just the actor i don't i forget his first name but washington is his last name not denzel new guy that Uh, was racist no it wasn't because he's the most popular washington actor that Uh you know i don't know Uh, another washington who is that she's black (laughs) (sighs) i know george washington and denzel washington that's racist because slave lineage. Let's start it. <laughs> that is not racist. What are you? What did you? Did you wear your liberal pants today? What is going on? What are you talking about? Are you trying to prove that you're not an extremist? I am an extremist. Well, okay. I'm extremely wonderful. Anyways, moral of the story. All right. So I have avoided this movie because of the propaganda and the promotion for for, for the movie. And at the time, BLM and all that stuff was really huge. That all that stuff was going on racially, you know, everything was racially charged more so than it is now. I think probably because it was in the heat of all that. And I was like, "Why are you framing this like this?" In my mind, the only thing I could think of was, "What's new about this guy? Is it because he's black? It's time for a black protagonist." And I was so, and I was like, "You've given me no reason to want to watch this movie." What is the definition of protagonist? The protagonist is the hero. The hero. The antagonist is the villain. Gotcha. And your protagonist is your hero. So I'm sitting there going, what do you mean a new protagonist? It's just, I guess, a black protagonist. It's time for a black protagonist. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I have no problem with that. But if that's your bag, that's that's your marketing, it's like it felt so intentional and it felt so on the nose I was put off by it. Like, Made you feel like you wouldn't even like the movie. Yeah, they're saying basically the movie's not for me then maybe or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, Because you're white? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if they only marketed a movie to only black people, it would be hard for them to make the money back from a big budget film because there's so many more white people than black people in America. Well, yeah, well, at the time it felt yeah. like what's wrong with a white protagonist? Mm. You know, you're saying it's time for a black protagonist, and I was like, "Well, there are other are other black heroes and black led movies." Like, yeah. I don't get it, and there there wasn't any enough shown about the movie for me to be interested in it at all. Even though I like Christopher Nolan movies, I don't remember ever seeing the trailer. Mm. All I know is I watched the movie, and it was a good movie. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you watched it. Well, I waited two years, didn't watch it, felt like I probably wasn't going to have any interest in it because I never saw anything more from the trailer trailers other than a couple action scenes. And I rem- and I remembered, and, and you can even say triggered. I was triggered by the initial reaction of first teaser ever. You're triggered. 
weird. I guess. Oh. Like it just triggered these things in me like, oh yeah, that's that movie that's all about race or whatever mm-hmm. because the way they framed it. Yeah. I wonder beginning. if that turned off other people too. Maybe. But then I watched it uh, We we for fly dates. We fly every weekend now almost and most of the time they'll have like the free entertainment online and you can sit mm-hmm. and watch with your phone. So I watched it. Uh, you watched f- it on your phone? Yeah, on, on oh, a flight. Well, you did not get the full experience of that movie then. I mean, I feel like I did. There's no way. I, the thing is, I consume so much entertainment now on the phone like that, that uh, barring being in the theater with the whole <laughs> she- shebang, I'm fine with that. I can, I've can. i watched so much content like that that as long as I got my noise-canceling headphones where I'm isolated and I'm like in mm-hmm. it, like that to me can make more of an experience than just the visual. And so I watched it and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. I really liked the movie. Yeah. It gave me the same vibes of of Inception and uh, the other Christopher Nolan movies that are done so well, it feel like he has like a, an obsession and a, and a fascination with time travel. There were so many wide shots of things that were happening very fast and things. Yeah. I can't imagine seeing that on a cell phone and getting all of it. Well, I was amazed at the visuals. Oh, yeah. I just thought it was impressive how you have certain elements traveling back through time and the other elements in the same scenario going forward in time. And I, knowing Christopher Nolan's uh, extreme uh, like aversion to green screen, like he can't stand filming things mm-hmm. in green screen. Even the movie uh, Interstellar, that the big uh, Tesseract thing in the very end when he's behind the bookcase and she's on the other side and mm-hmm. he's suspended in there, like that was a set. They built a set and had some visual effects added, but there's no green screen stages on that movie. Yeah, he hates green screen stuff. And to think about the movies, Inception, and all these movies he's done to hate green screen, that's wow. I was blown away. Yeah. I watched it and was like, super awesome movie. I'm so glad I watched it. And I got aggravated at uh, the way the initial marketing. marketing was, the marketing scheme. I was yeah. so agitated at it. I was like, why don't you just show a good trailer of this movie? Mm-hmm. I'll go see it. Do you remember that Pepsi commercial that the Kendall Jenner got such big backlash on because it was during the uh, BLM protests and stuff? Sure. And they came out with this Pepsi commercial where she's like taking a Pepsi and hopping over to a cop and it's supposed to be peaceful now all of a sudden or something. And yeah. she got huge backlash. And I think the black community kind of felt about Pepsi's marketing, how you're feeling about the marketing, but just flip-flopped. Oh, that they were like, you should be nice to cops. The The war is over on cops, essentially, because Kendall Jenner handed a Pepsi. Yeah. That's obviously a pretty trite symbolism there. Like, here's a Pepsi. That's pretty trite to kind of yeah. minimalize the issue, the tensions and all that stuff to one little scene with that. I could see that. Yeah. I, but I, I felt like it was a deliberate move to put people off. No. That it felt like that. Like... From Tenet. Yeah, from Tenet. Mm-hmm. It felt like an adib- a deliberate move to put people off or to distance themselves from a, like a, a white hero or whatever. Hmm. And and the Do thing think- is, I don't care what the color the main character of Tenet is. I don't care. Uh, well, that's what I was going to say. Do you think that not only would they be playing on the political times we were in and saying, oh, we're going to get on this political times that we're in. Not only that, do you think that as an industry – they might feel that they have to justify having a black lead in this action hero thing. Maybe I'm disconnected from what's going on or socially tone deaf on some of this stuff, but I feel like they it, there was it was totally unnecessary. 
I feel like you just show the cool some of the cool scenes and make a yeah. cool trailer of the movie. I didn't even know uh Robert Pattinson was in it mm. until later I on. About later that. on, I've yeah. seen little scene. This is what happened through Instagram and all this stuff over the last two years. I've seen little scene, little scene, little scene, little scene of this movie. Mm. And I'm like, maybe it looks pretty interesting. Maybe I'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And Robert Pattinson be- being in it was just kind of like a bonus. I was going to mm. watch it without him in it, or, or in it or not. And it's not a bonus because he's white. It's a bonus because he's a good actor. Yeah. An actor I recognize that I'm familiar with his work. I loved him in The Lighthouse. He did a great job. Well, I feel like Hollywood keeps shooting herself in the foot by trying to step into politics. Yes. And it sucks. And I think some maybe – okay, I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> but there might be people in the black community – that might misinterpret what some white people are saying. Like when they were trying to recast James Bond as a black character. Yeah. I don't like that because James Bond was white. And so that's just kind of irritating to me. Like the little mermaid we were talking about. Yes. Like she's not a black character. That, that Now I'm fine with you writing a whole new mermaid that's black. I'll watch that all day long. Writing a whole new uh, 007 type character that happens to be black. I'm fine with that all day long. I just don't want you to change things just to be like, oh, we're going to put a black person in. Just because. Yeah. Yeah, because what obviously And I wouldn't want you to take black characters and make them white just to... Well, because what's obviously implied is that a white aerial isn't good enough anymore. Yeah. You know, it's like, who cares? It's not that anybody's caring about the nationality of aerial. Yeah. Interestingly enough, that teaser for the new mermaid dropped, Mm. and uh, it's completely ratioed. It has almost a million dislikes. Oh, wow. Yes, almost a million. Uh, that last I checked is like 687,000 dislikes to like 127,000 likes or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's getting massively ratioed. And the question here is are, are they doing this? Are they doing unnecessary changes like this just to propel a racism narrative? Yeah. Because here's what happens. You get people who say, hey, I never asked for a live action aerial to begin with and now you're telling me – we're going to race swap just because but for no reason other than the fact, hey, why not? Yeah. Um, maybe people aren't interested. They'd rather just as soon put in the cartoon that they've got and watch it and be done. And that's the only Little Mermaid they need. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to do this race baiting, it's going to get hate on the trailer and stuff like that. People are going to hate on it. And then are you using it just to propel a narrative and say like, well, see how many racists are in the world? Mm-hmm. That's I think the race baiting. That's exactly what it is, and it, I, it feels the same as when they were trying to get Hillary Clinton to be president just because she's a woman. I I don't like this agenda being pushed. Yeah, like I, I think you should get it because you deserve it, and because it is what it is. Like if someone writes a story about a black character, that character should be black. It shouldn't be yes. played by Indian man. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I don't have problems with that at all. And, and for another friend of mine talking – in the Little Mermaid thing, another friend of mine talked about this, and he was saying – as actually this morning before you got here. He was saying, man, I have daughters. I think about representation for my daughters, and I think mm-hmm. how many black princesses are there? I mean may- – So make some more. You don't have and to – you have – well, and he's like, well, mm-hmm. you've got maybe – is it Tiana from The Frog Prince mm-hmm. or The Princess and the Frog? I don't watch Disney. Oh. And you have – uh, Jasmine, who's mm. like Middle Eastern, mm-hmm. and then you have Milan, who's mm-hmm. Asian. So you have like a few, and the rest of them mostly are predominantly There's Caucasian. There's a Hawaiian one or a Polynesian yeah, one, isn't there? Uh, Moana. Yeah, and so and the most of them are predominantly Caucasian. I agree with that. That's true. And I was like, but if it's but if it's about actual representation, black females represent about six percent of America's population. Mm. So. 
Oh, if yeah. you want accurate pop, accurate representation, how many Disney princesses are there? Mm-hmm. Is there thirty? Because if there's thirty or forty or whatever, having one or two is about right. Yeah, according to population dis- density. Yeah, and if you're gonna go with accurate representation for population density, then where are all the male leads at Disney? Yeah, zero, like zip, like just a teeny minuscule amount. And we represent males represent fifty percent of this year population in the mm-hmm. U.S. And yet we get no representation in Disney stuff, which means my boys basically get no representation. They get crappy, lousy secondhand characters from Disney. To which is why we are a DreamWorks family, basically. I'm maybe I'm missing out on something. I don't care about representation very much. Like I, like if I had children, they probably wouldn't be watching a whole lot of Disney. Yeah, and I would want them to emulate their parents and the other good people around them, not necessarily cartoon characters. Well, it's almost unavoidable mm-hmm. because think about it: when you're a kid, your your kids are imaginative. It, it, they get older, they start emulating, having a l- real little bit more logistic, like legitimate role models. But well, w- I mean, when they're we younger, went it's thousands like thousands of years without cartoons. Yeah, but role models. And they had they had yeah. people they looked up to. They had exactly. Thor and Odin. They had Hercules. They had Achilles. No. They had all these legends and all these stories. Mm. It's absolutely true. Mm. They had the the Three Kingdoms era in Asia where you had Guan Yu and, and Cao yeah, Cao. Most and all people these... didn't know about that. Most people have lived rural, 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 <laughs> rural, rural lives. Rural lives. <laughs> That's not most and, uh, people. And didn't even read. Up until the last 400 years, most people never even read. They shared everything from legends passed down mm. from generation to generation. Yeah, but word that's of just mouth. stories. That's not like cartoons are trying to emulate. I want to be like that is what they'd say. Uh, I want to be like Milo, the world's strongest wrestler of all time who squeezed well, a tree in half. I think that's where religion came in. And maybe Disney's the new religion. That's a whole other thing. But that's what I'm saying is when they're young, yeah. they – who doesn't – of course the kids – my kids are going to look up to Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. He's cooler than daddy automatically because he can swing from buildings and and, well, and he rescues – let him watch Spider-Man. And let he him re- emulate you. Re- <laughs> rescues people every single day. Well, he does in a sense. Like we yeah. build things together. I work in the backyard like football with him. Like I teach mm. him how to do football stuff. We go hunting. You know, We go shooting. We do these things together. But when it comes to like living in the – I don't want to stifle the imagination of my kids mm-hmm. in a good way. Like we are an artistic family. Like mm-hmm. We play music and, and do draw and all that like that's nonstop in the house. Heck, we played Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Used to when we, we'd avoid the TV and we'd sit and make up the stories on our own. Yeah. You know, and uh, people are going to be like, he's a Christian playing Dungeons and Dragons. Like, well, hey, man. I don't like anybody cares anymore. <laughs> when power goes out and you got to entertain some kids, you see how creative you get. You know, like – I only think old people care about that. Well, uh, I guess what I'm saying is there was no there's no person to look up to at the end of the movie and be like like Raya and the Last Dragon was a very excellent uh very excellent Disney movie. I watched mm-hmm. it, it was great, but in the reality there were zero male role models except the dad who had about 5 minutes of screen time in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Very beginning. Then he's turned to stone. Pfft, the rest is about Raya. So I'm like if it's about representation, I can understand it. But that is so hypocritical because there's no male representation at Disney at all. It's like actually kind of a bad thing to be male, feels like, with every Disney cartoon. Mm-hmm. you know, And especially to be traditionally male, like masculine and all mm-hmm. that stuff. The reason I brought up Tenet and talked about it is because I avoided watching that because of the, the propaganda and the promotion for it. I felt was like race baiting and, and didn't give me any reason to watch the movie, mm-hmm. you know. 
So I avoided it for a long time and then I watched it and I'm loving it. Another movie that was like that is American Underdog, the Kurt Wagner story. I have no idea what that is. So two-second version, American Under- Underdog, Kurt Wagner. Kurt Wagner was uh, is arguably the considered the best NFL player to ever play the game who was not drafted. Is this a documentary or a movie yes. movie? It's a, well, it's a, well, it's a movie movie. Zachary Levi and uh, Anna Paquin, they play Kurt and Brenda. Essentially, it's his story about how he went to college. He, he was a quarterback. He'd been dreaming about playing football his whole life. He sat the bench basically for four years in college because they had an all-star quarterback, and whenever they needed him to come in, he'd come in every now and again. And he wound up not even going pro until about seven years after college. So he was so old that his nickname was Pops Warner. Mm-hmm. Long story short, Kurt Wagner winds up leading his team to the Super Bowl the first year he's in. It was like an underdog dream story. The reason I didn't watch it is because it was put on by a Christian studio. And I immediately was like, uh, this is going to be a crappy Christian movie. Oh, I was put off by the fact that it was a Christian studio who'd done it. And I'd seen so many Christian movies that were stereotypical, didn't care about the art, uh, were essentially sermons on film. It was like a Hallmark movie, but for Hallmark movie, but yeah. in the theater, yeah. you know, and uh, I avoided it. Even though I like football, I used to watch it every Sunday with my dad. And I knew Kurt Wagner. That's when we watched football was that stuff. So I'm on the plane again, and I'm watching some terrible movie I can't even remember the name of. And I'm like, I'm interested. Why am I watching this? I'll just watch this American Underdog. It's probably going to stink, but I'll watch it. Watched it, cried, went home, read it on Amazon, had my family sit around and watched it, loved it. Mm. Great movie. Obviously Christian. The Christian stuff in it is so well done and so realistic and legitimate that – if you're offended by it, you just are offended by Christians, period. Yeah. You know, like they're struggling really hard. A lot of people are. <laughs> yeah, he's, they're struggling real hard and he's just sitting on the edge of a bed like, I just need you. I need you. And he's crying and, he's, and the acting's done really well. I was like, I need you to do something. You know what I'm saying? And it's about keeping family together and fighting to to provide for what you love. Mm-hmm. And also for fighting to 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 make your dreams come true and chase your dreams. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. You mm. get watching that movie and you're like, I can do anything. You know, like it just pumps you up and – what it is is I'm so sensitive to the ideology mm-hmm. driving entertainment and art that I avoid that like the plague so much that even if it's the Christian I, like the I think it's going to be a sermon on film I'm going to avoid it if I think it's just going to be a race baiting movie I'm going to avoid it like and it's so aggravating. Well, as far as I know, I mean I don't know about the lead male, but the lead female what's her name Anna Paquin or whatever. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, she's not a professing Christian of any kind. So. What I would think is a lot of Christian movie makers, they want a Christian first, like a Christian celebrity and stuff, who's an actor second. Whereas it sounds like this movie might have chose the art and the acting and, you know. Yeah. And it, well, and Bonfire Legend, we talked about, they did that. I don't know about uh, Kurt Russell or Matthew Fox. I don't know Mm -hmm. if they're professing Christians, but they're in the first big movie that they did, Bone Tomahawk. Mm -hmm. They're two of the main roles. Yeah. And Patrick Wilson, he's in there too. I don't know if they're Christians or not, Mm. like in real life. So, yeah, it's that same vibe. They're looking for good actors to play these roles. Well, I wish Hollywood did that more because sometimes you can't get a role in Hollywood if you're a conservative. If you're a conservative, yeah. Like they want liberals in their movies. Yeah, well, and that is another thing that drives my sensitivity to the ideology. If I think the studio putting it together is firing people just because they voted X, Y, and Z or because they – go to church on Sundays, I don't want to watch their movie. Yeah. You know, it makes me immediately like, nope, 
you know? Yeah. And if I see that in the promotional material, like the aerial thing, like they are propping this up so hard. They even said things like, she looks so much like Ariel. It's amazing. When you look at them side by side, they're like, even down to the red braids. It's like, she doesn't look anything like the cartoon. We're not dumb. She doesn't have to look like the cartoon. It's a cartoon. Just don't play that card. She looks nothing like her. Move on. (laughs) Well, I think part of Hollywood's problem, I'm hoping it's going to balance out. I think what they've done is overcorrected. They went through the Me Too movement and the Harvey Weinstein thing. Yes. And everyone's like, oh, Hollywood's evil. Hollywood's full of hypocrites and stuff. And then they're like, oh, no, we're politically, like, we're on the right side. So they've overcorrected with the BLM movement to where they are now offending people. And so I think hopefully they're coming back down to normal. You talked about Harvey Weinstein. Did you see Jennifer Lawrence uh, said that she has reoccurring nightmares about Tucker Carlson? That's so stupid. <laughs> but there are pictures. She had a a friendship, like at least a public friendship with Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, that's crazy. And she has nightmares about Tucker Carlson. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay, girl. <laughs> I don't maybe she should have lost the Hunger Games. Um <laughs> like I don't really watch Fox News and sometimes I will watch little snippets of what Tucker Carlson does, but mm-hmm. I didn't know much about him. And then it was on something like 60 Minutes or something. There was an interview with him where they went to his home. And then you got to see, like, his family life, where he lives. And and I didn't know who he was as a person. And he's extremely interesting. He's yeah. one of those people who's highly intelligent and just reads all the time. And he never watches TV. I don't even think they have a TV in their house. Yeah. They're those kind of people. Yeah, well, and I, I think that's... I don't think think somebody gets to that level of success without having some eccentric yeah. things outside the norm, like reading all the time, being hyper intelligent, hyper successful. Mm-hmm. Those are the most intriguing, interesting people, I think. Mm-hmm. Especially when if they get there by merit, mm-hmm. that's those are the people that are. Well, and not different. only is he a journalist who I believe truly wants to see the truth in situations, mm. he's also a bit of a performer and stuff, which is oh, yeah. I what think people don't. I think that's why a lot of liberals hate about him because he is getting up there on his little soapbox. Well, he's the things. same thing as, as Ben Shapiro. He knows yeah. the caricature that he has to play, mm. you know, and he plays it very well. Yeah. You know, and, it's and, almost like he wants you to hate him a little bit. <laughs> yeah. He just plays himself on 11. Yeah. You know, or whatever. It's just that I think it's what Ben Shapiro does. Yeah. It's, I call it the two shots in self. You play yourself, you, you pretend to be yourself after you've had like two shots of liquor and all your inhibitions are gone and you're like, wow. Like that's that's who you are when you're Tucker Carlson or or Ben Shapiro. On a side note, I wonder what I would be like if I drank. Do you I think know. I would be like a happy or like a sad? Thank you guys so much for watching this episode of the Not Gospel Podcast. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Continue to support quality independent content. And as always, keep being awesome because that's how God made you. If you enjoyed this clip from the Not Gospel Studios YouTube channel, don't forget to share. Click on one of the other videos that you can find here or here. Subscribe. I think it's down here. Tell your friends about us. Tell them that it's healthy and vegan and all of those things. (laughs) Keep being awesome because that's how God made you.